Hey, and welcome back to uh, Heated Waves here, our pro sports talk show where we talk about nothing but pro sports. I'm here with uh, my two good co-hosts today, Mr. D. Weezy. How you doing? Very well, very well. How you fellas doing? Why, why are you cheesing? I don't know. I'm asleep. I'm here with my uh, other uh, co-host, my boy uh, Jay Mack here. What's up, man? How you been? Been well, been well. Good. Good. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, what if these pro players had never got hurt, whether it was halfway through their, you know, what could have been their career or whatever, or maybe even at the tail end, but they still had some good years left and they got hurt and or uh, what if they played one or two years or something, some guy like that, or what last last week? Uh, I'm gonna give you the mic, man. Thank you. So, uh, guess I'm kind of a hockey fan, so I'm gonna go back to hockey, yeah. right in that. So uh, the guy that I'm gonna talk about his name is Bobby Orr. Uh, he is one of the most I guess memorable people from looking at a photo of him, but a lot of people don't know who it is. He's the guy that you see flying through the middle of the picture like Superman. Uh, that was actually a game. That was actually a Stanley Cup winning goal. They swept the Blues there uh, to, to to do that. Uh, of course, they did. so yeah, it's kind of bittersweet for me to talk about. But uh, you know, things happen. Uh, Anyways, so uh, Bobby Orr was actually uh, plagued with knee injuries. He uh, ended up having over a dozen of them by the time his career was over. But uh, I'm going to touch on a bunch of things that he accomplished in his short career. Uh, Played nine seasons, which isn't super short, but... Wayne Gretzky played over 20. Or 21. You know, so 21. That's crazy. So it's not like he so had half a, a career. Right. If you're but good. with what he had, he he honestly played with the intensity of like 20 careers stacked into nine. He was – that he, he kind of changed the way defensive players played the game. Uh so we play like a buck fifty percent every game, or two hundred percent. Right, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was one of the first defensive players to take the liberty of trying to score goals instead of just playing defense, uh, and he was damn good at it. Um, so let's just kind of get into some stats and some things about Mr. Orr here. Played nine full seasons, six hundred and twenty-one games. Uh, he only played forty-seven games after the age of twenty-seven. Yeah. So. All this was accomplished at an early age, you know, at an early time in his career. He came in, guns a-blazing, did what he needed to do, and then, on. I mean, you can see in his retirement video, he's very emotional, and he just pretty much states, my knees can't handle it anymore. How, how you know? old was there? I, whenever he retired, um, 31, yeah, when he retired. pretty short. So, when did he start? How old was he when he started? I would assume so, yeah. Um, So, he was the first and only defensive player to score nine hat tricks. uh, Which, I mean, that's a a huge feat. Like I said, defensive players don't really shoot the puck that often. And if they do, they're really just trying to shoot it towards the goalie's pads, to where he 
flicks it out and like the goalies pads kind of act like flippers in a pinball machine and they just flip the puck out sometimes uh it's just kind of they go down on what's called the butterfly and they just go down and both legs sprawl out and it resembles a butterfly and they kick the puck out with their legs and what that does is it results in a rebound opportunity for some of your uh, teammates <laughs> for the right right so but he, instead of just shooting right at the pads, actually tried to start scoring goals. They, it was said that he would just run around. He said he never stood still. They said that he just skated around the ice and skated around the ice, and then finally, oh, look, Bobby Orr just scored. Like, it said he never just stood there and waited for the puck or anything. He kind of just did his own thing. So he just kind of marched to the beat of his own drum and just did very well at it, you know. So... Um, he was the first defensive player to score 30-plus and 40-plus goals in seasons. So, I mean, like I said, he's kind of... He's talented, obviously, offensively. Right, and the start of, an, of a new way that people play the game of hockey. Like, if he's the first person to score 30 goals, like Wayne Gretzky, I'm not, I'm not trying to go back down, we'll go Brett Hole. You know, he scored 70, 80 goals in seasons. You know, right. I mean, Baller. right. There's plenty of other players that have put up insane numbers. Uh, Mario Lemieux put up 115 points or something like that in the season, uh, or maybe it was assists. It was assists, and he uh, is the only person to be in the top ten with Wayne Gretzky for that stat. Actually, for most assists in the season, Wayne Gretzky holds nine of the top ten. Actually, holds like eleven of the top twelve. That's but, ridiculous. Right. Um. He was extremely talented, but I think he would have been like the Wayne Gretzky of defense. Like he would have been the best offensive defensive player right. that ever lived, you know. So, um, first player to have a hundred plus assists in a season. Uh, the only player to win Art Ross as a defensive player. That's the scoring title. So, like I said, he scored more than anybody else in the season. And he did that from uh, 69, 70, 71, I'm sorry, 74 and 75. So he did that two times. Um, the only player to win the Norris Trophy, the Art Ross Trophy, the Conn Smythe, and the Hart all in one season. Jesus, Jesus. dude. All in one season. I was just, damn, in, when, when was Gretzky in the league? Um, in the, like, in the, yeah, he, he retired in 99. So when did this? So I'm guessing maybe this guy retired before him, before the rest of yeah. the his tail end, or yeah. the beginning of his career. Uh, they probably played together for just a little bit, but Gretzky would have been real young. I really, don't, I should have looked that up. Kind of like the Kobe Jordan thing. They only played like one, <laughs> what two years together. They only got to play each other. What, I would like assume it would be if, if they even did. I would assume it would be something yeah. along those lines. But I honestly am not a hundred percent on a right. uh, real answer on that. But uh, he had the highest plus-minus ever, and if you all remember from the last podcast, the plus-minus is whenever you are on the ice while your team scores. If you're on the ice while your opposing team scores, you get a negative. The Jets, Jets guys, yeah. one of the Jets guys, had a negative two at the end of the game. I mean, he was on the he was on the ice two times whenever they got scored on, and there was only know, four or five goals scored by them. So. Most of the goals scored, he was on the ice because he, I mean, usually it's defensive players that are playing 25, 27, 30 minutes a game that chances are, yeah, if you get scored on, it's going to count against you. But, and he's a defenseman. So for him to have a high plus minus, it's that it's much tough. more rare. Yeah, he has to be that much better than everybody else. Yeah. And he had the highest plus minus ever for uh, one season at 124. Oh, 
Uh, the second all-time plus-minus at uh, 597, so career all-time. Uh, of course, we all know he, who's behind. He retired as the leader, but uh, since that has been changed, so yeah, I would assume that would be Mr. Gretzky. Uh, fourth in the league history and career points per game at 1.393, uh, which that's... 1.4, but... Right, 1.4 <laughs> goals a game. Uh, or points per game, career, and first ever for defensive player, a minimum 500 games played, so it can't be anybody that just had a little cup of tea in the NHL or anything. Uh, the Calder Memorial winner, that's Rookie of the Year. Eight-time first-team All-Star. Eight-time Norris winner, that's Defensive Player of the Year. And that's eight out of nine years, by the way. Don't right. That. Yeah, that's thank crazy. you. Thank you eight for putting that out of there. Defensive? Jesus Christ, that man shut you down. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, what the fuck happened this last year? He just kind of got, was that his hurt year? So, he played, I'll, I'll, I'll got a little paragraph to read at the okay, end of this. Okay. No, 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 you're more than fine. His last two years, he played, I think it's 26 games total. Yeah, 26. He played 20 his second to last year, and then only six his last year. That's a tragedy. So, yeah, like, he, he just couldn't do it anymore. So up until he just, that's what I'm saying, he just fucking redlined it his entire career. And then at the end of the season, he was just kind of pulling into the fucking, you know, repair shop. But there's just nothing they could do for him anymore, you know? So just makes you wonder if he would have played like today's game with the modern medicine we had. Today, oh, right. You know what they could have fixed. That is a great, great analogy. Future analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Future tense. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's a great. I mean, that, yeah, because he would probably be tremendous. He probably would have played that eighteen year, you know, like almost a Gretzky thing, and it could have been a big rivalry. Right, but right. That's true. We'll never know. Maybe Gretzky wouldn't have never been the same if they would have. I mean, who knows? And that's like saying if they played together. That's what's so great about but, this podcast is you know those players. What if they never right. really got hurt? Right. They were so good. Uh, two-time Art Ross winner. That's the point leader once again. Uh, Plus-minus leader six different times in a season. Or I'm sorry, in his career. Uh, three uh, three-time consecutive Hart winner. That's uh, the team MVP. Two-time Stanley Cup winner, which is obviously what you're really after. <clears throat> Canadian Athlete of the Year in 1970. All-Star MVP in '72. Sports Illustrated, Sportsman of the Year in 1970. Voted Best Athlete in Boston History in 1975. Beating out Ted Williams, Bill Russell, and Carl Yastrzemski. Who the hell is that guy? Baseball player. Catcher for the Red Sox. Uh, you know, I was I was a late 80s to now baseball guy. Of course. We know why. <laughs> but, get to that later. <sighs> Uh, listener, uh, I'm sorry, Lester B. P- Lester B. Pearson Award, which is the outstanding player, and that's voted by the players as well, peers. so by your peers. Um, Hall of Fame in 1979. Second best player in all time by Hockey News. I'm sure you can imagine the first <laughs> Hey, I, I would take it first or second in that category. Uh, top D-man all time. Yeah. By, yeah, by Hockey News. And that was in 2010. But still, nobody... Yeah, there's there's probably like, all the... Uh, century team? Decade team? Has to be. Like, you he, he... Like you said, to to put up 
to, to be the best defenseman in the league eight of your nine years, and they're your first years too. You're right. just you're just get, you're rookie. just dipping your feet in. Yeah, right. that's a tough. He won rookie of the year, so it, like, good God, yeah. Right. Uh, most points. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Most points in NHL season by a defensive man at 139. Jesus. So, I mean, that's a shitload of assists. That yeah. was actually 102 assists. Uh, he had 200-point seasons. Uh, most assists in one game. He had six assists one game. Like, Double Hattie and assists. Right. Six assists? Six assists in one game. Like, you're fine. How many points he had that game? Like, 12? Who, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, like nine. you're finding players tape right there. That's what it's all about. Whenever you're passing, like you're getting it right on the other player's tape, and they're having an opportunity to put that puck on net. So not only was he a great scorer, but evidently he was damn good at dishing the puck too. Facilitator, right, all around. That's always been my favorite thing in sports: a guy that can can pass the rock at the right time to the right person for the right play. Right. Just to make a better play. Right. I mean, it's not it saying the facilitator doesn't have a good shot, but you may have a better shot and have, you know, say your pride aside. To give it, it right. Up. That's what I was at the selflessness of the human being, what willing to. And that's another thing. How selfless is it to blow your body out, to put it out there that much for your team? The game, guy blew his game. fucking career away. He could have had a much longer career, made a lot more money. Put up a lot more stats, been on a lot more records, like, and he like it's all about it's all about the team and getting it while you're there. And he just laid it all on the line, literally, like he. And that was the death of him, right? That's uh, also I mean, most hockey players too, though. That's why I like hockey so much is just everybody, every single person, every how many they dress like sixteen skaters. Every single one of them's only put their body on the line. That's to block a shot or Taylor Hall had the season of his lifetime this year, and he had played half the season with a fucked up hand. Like he had the see, like imagine like if he would have been healthy, and imagine if Kevin Shattenkirk wouldn't have been a bitch and took that deal, and he would have been playing for the Blues. <laughs> right. Think Our about that. Should be stacked. How do you really feel? Well, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. He do do your thing, but right. Uh, Bobby Orr, one of the only two players in history to win four major awards, and I talked about those earlier. Uh, the other was being Alexander Ovechkin. So there's only been two players in history to win four of the major awards the that they year. give out in the same year. That's ridiculous. Of all time, and hockey's been around for fucking ever. And uh, the last little stat that I have on him was something that I talked about in the beginning. The fastest overtime goal ever to clinch a Stanley Cup, and that was against the Blues whenever he was flying across the, the ice. Uh, 40 seconds in yeah. is all it took for that. That would piss you off. Right. And, I mean, they swept the Blues, so it's not like it's not like a, hey, you know, a heartbreaker. You get swept on the way out to man, the right. second quickie. Right. Yeah, that's how that shit ended. Right. Dude, the Blues have had it fucking rough, man. But, uh, yeah, here's this little tidbit that I uh, kind of got to just sum up what I've talked about and all that. Bobby Orr uh, finished his short career playing for Blackhawks two seasons. He only played 26 games, 20 the first, uh, second to last season and sixth to last season. Or officially retired in 1978 uh, after a dozen knee surgeries at the age of 31. 
Uh, he's the youngest Hall of Fame member ever at the age of 31, so he got inducted into the Hall of Fame the year he retired, which wow. is how gangster as fuck. Right. Um, Usually there's like a five-year wait or something. Right. Like that. Well, yeah. Evidently not for this guy. Right. I mean, that's, well, that, that's, how it, that's how it read to me anyways. Uh, he said uh, he played balls to the walls at all times, such a reckless style that uh, his body just couldn't handle it anymore. Even with such a short career, he tallied 270 goals and 645 assists. When Orr came into the league, D-men weren't known for scoring goals. Uh, he changed the way defensive, uh, defense was played, uh, and defense hasn't been the same since him. There likely won't be another Bobby Orr to ever skate. Very nice, man. That is some, someone I never knew, never heard about, and he's pretty much second of all time to everything. That's a great one. So, yeah, there it is. Like I said, hockey is probably my favorite sport of all time. My, I mean, my dad's from St. Louis, so we've been gigantic Blues fans our entire lives. I've got a signed Blues hat from, like, the 96 season where I got to meet, like, a bunch of the players and stuff like that. And I just – I've bled blue my entire life. Like, I've got my jersey hanging in that closet. I was going to say that. Actually, that's pretty fucking gangster. Thank you. About like the, like probably the six or seven. I've never seen that with the Blues hat. That's right. Sick. And it's, it's not a traditional Blues hat, but it's got, like, the, like, the old English-style yeah. Blues in the back, too. But this was actually the Ted uh, – Bobby Orr was one of the best that played the game, and uh, hockey is one of those sports that uh, is kind of flying under the radar. That it's man, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to go see. If you if you all have a chance to go see a Blues game or any game near you, be it college or whatever, go do it. Especially if it's like a college game. Spend ten or fifteen bucks, get a glass seat, and go have the time of your life. Like it's it's seriously gonna be a blast. I promise you. You get if you sit on the glass, wear an extra sweater. You know, it does get a little bit chilly in there. You're right on top of the ice pretty much. But if you go to a Blues game, just have the time of your life. Do do whatever you go, you know, go wherever you're at, too. If you live anywhere else that's not in Missouri and you're listening to this podcast, then try it as well. You, you, you'll be impressed with what you go see. So that's, uh, I mean, that's true. My, my aunt and uncle, they're strictly football fans. They can barely spell hockey. <laughs> but they they went to a blues game with my cousin and my other uncle one time, and they they fucking loved it. Right, absolutely loved it. And Brevo had a fight. Yep. In that game, so that kind of made it more interesting. But yeah, yeah if yeah. you're lucky, you get to see stuff like that. I mean, that's one of the things that's unfortunately kind of getting phased out of hockey. Like the blues fight uh, top fighter this year had something like only thirteen fights or something like that, and that's shit. Whenever I was. A kid growing up, Tony Twist, was the baddest of the bad. And he, like, I, honestly, he didn't have a lot of fights either, but it was because nobody would fuck with him. They all knew. Like, everybody knew if you threw with Twister, it was going to be a short night for you. Like, I mean, he just but, threw haymakers. Right. Like, there was no, there was no jabs for that guy. He, he reached down to the ice and just tried to, smash your helmet in you know and he wasn't afraid to bust his knuckles the guy a little little quick tony twist story and then i'll pass it on to d webb for his thing but uh tony twist was the kind of guy there was a, a young guy that came up in the system his name was reed low he was actually kind of a, a little shit disturber badass as well but uh whenever he came up in the system they were uh, doing workouts and stuff and he was in there they had 225 on the bar and they were just pressing 225 like you do for reps for a, a lot of things as a pro oh, athlete right right <clears throat> it's like the standard and um, 
the entire time Twister was just staring Reed Low down, just relentless staring him down. And whenever Lowe dropped the rack or put it up or whatever, Twister walks over there, still staring him down, picks up the barbell, and just starts curling it relentlessly, staring <laughs> at him. Just <laughs> curling 225 like it's a 15-pound hand weight. You know, like, he was just a monster. He was a beast amongst men. They say that he had gorilla hands and stuff like that. He's just a different breed, but he, I mean, you know, Go back and watch some Tony Twist highlights. If you want to watch some old school hockey fights and stuff like that, you can get lost in that stuff. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about right now. But uh, we'll get to that stuff in a different <laughs> segment, possibly. But uh, we'll pass it on to Mr. D. Weezy, I believe. So take it away, my friend.